Hey, and welcome everybody to another episode of Half in the Bag Disc Golf Podcast, featuring the one, the only, Popper Fresh, coming at you with another D&D Disc Golf episode. We're going to pick up basically where we left off last time. Uh, and continue going on through rules creation and character staty type things, kind of getting general ideas down. It has been a while since we've been down this particular road, so I understand if you're like, I'd like to go ahead and re-listen to that first episode. Because, I'm going to be honest, I didn't listen to it before I jumped in here, so we're hopefully going to pick up where we left off, but uh, I apologize if it's slightly disjointed. Anyway, I am coming to you from the Chicagoland area. I am drinking some decaffeinated coffee because, well, that's the uh, that's the brain juice that uh, gets me in the D and D mindset, especially if I am running a campaign as a dungeon master or uh, sitting in doing anything creative. Fortunately, it's uh, you know decaffeinated, so I won't be up too late. So in terms of my week, did not really get a chance to get out to the uh, the old froth course at all. Um, the old stream bean got uh, ill on uh, overnight Friday and into Saturday. He's starting to get better. Fortunately, nothing beyond just a little bit of a low grade uh, temperature. He has he's not spiked. It's not been crazy. No sniffles. No cough. Just picked up a little little bug from one of his classmates, most likely. Uh, but beyond that, I've been fighting with my dishwasher, trying to get it to be a dishwasher again. And it is steadfastly saying, nine, nine, Fraulein. So that's that's kind of been about my week. I've also been preparing to run my first uh D&D 5e session in quite some time, uh, which unfortunately got canceled. That would have been earlier today, but, uh, you know, the stream bean got sick and, uh, well, it's the first session when the DM and the, uh, one of the party members would not have been able to attend. So kind of got canceled. It's really looking forward to it too. And, uh, unfortunately it looks like we won't, we won't be getting back together again until mid September. Because adult schedules, yay! Uh, let's see. I think that pretty much sums up my week. Ooh, I did paint a mini. Well, partially painted a mini. It's not done. It's been a while, knocking off a lot of rust from that particular uh, set of skills. I'll have to snap a photo. I know it's not a photo of the a disc of the week, but maybe I'll put it on a disc golf disc and so if you've listened listened to this episode i will i will post the work in progress because for not having painted a mini in oh five years shh, it's okay i know i'm bad i've been bad i've been bad about painting all of the minis in all of the boxes behind me but uh getting back into that part of the hobby and um you know it's relaxing it's just quite relaxing so I think that that uh, covers some good um, rambling on um, small talk for myself. Oh, yes, that was some very good small talk, Papa Fresh. I know, it was very entertaining. Yes, good, good, yes, that was good. In fact, I think the people want to hear you do more. Mm, I'm going to say no. No one really wants to hear me blathering on about anything else. Are you sure? Yes. 
Yes, I am quite sure. So, Business Daddy, we'll, we'll talk about our uh, wonderful sponsor, Business Daddy. Uh, that would be Joe's Disc Golf Network, in which you can find podcasts and videos such as Half in the Bag, uh, Stored, um, Brain Fart, Brain Fart, Brain Fart, um, Stored. <laughs> Oh my goodness. On the YouTube channel there, under Dis Joe's Disc Golf, you can also go to joesdiscgolf.com to find news, power rankings, tips, tricks, and a link to his newer website, Disc Golf Healthy, in which you can learn uh, exercises and stretches and other things provided by a professional athletic trainer for your disc golfing needs and performance. I think that amount covers it. Uh, buy merch. Yes, you, Mrs. or Mr. Good Capitalist. Buy the merch. It's what you're supposed to do. So go ahead and do it. I forget the store link. I'm sorry, Business Daddy. I don't normally have to do this part of the show. We should probably actually have a real script. What? Oh, God. Who said that out loud? It wasn't us. It wasn't Papa. He didn't say it. Oh, you know, yes, you're right. I did not say anything. Yes, good. Okay, now stop. Uh, get get off the ad read. Continue on with the episode. Oh, yes, I suppose I should. So, episode time. Um, I did actually have one specifically disc golf related thing that I thought I would, I would talk about and provide my own, uh, two cents worth of uh, opinion here um, before we jump into the D&D proper. So before I was done with the work week, I think this was probably Wednesday or Thursday, I happened to catch part of an article that was uh, talking about Paige Pierce, uh, and police being called at the Eporia Emporium, the, uh, Eporia, the place where Worlds is getting held. Yes, I, I have butchered its name, and I don't care enough to find the name of a elitist uh, country club name, because two middle fingers to that. That's all I have to say. Anyway, so article. Article comes out. This Completely, as you read through it, you at least those with discerning comprehension would be like, ah, yes, this is an article that contains no real information. It is just speculation and someone being like, schmooze that wiggle. So, got me thinking, we are getting to that point in the sport where we are going to start to see more sensationalized articles like this, more speculation pieces, things that would be considered editorials, that might be more along the lines of clickbait versus uh, real journalism. And you would say, well, journalists need to be able to sell papers and articles and blah, 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 blah. Well, the, that way they can be funded. Yes. Yes, I understand that particular argument. However, we are talking about an article that effectively was substanceless. So... It got me to click because it's clickbait. Because I was like, Paige Pierce, getting the cops called on her? Okay, this doesn't, this don't seem right. So I'm, I gotta, I gotta see what this is about. 
And it essentially was a much ado about nothing, except for exposing more, you know, general consensus for me of, oh, yes, good, another country club that is uh, entitled and uh, unnecessary, an archaic leftover of a bygone system, or at least a system that should be bygone. And um, this article is doing nothing more than feeding the hunger of uh, the derpy masses that just want clickbait and no real substance. There actually could be something to this particular situation and article. I mean, overall, I would say with enough investigative digging, with enough people going in and trying to look at how things are being run, is it on Paige Pierce and her caddy for forgetting. Now, okay. So there's no clear-cut blame. I'm, I'm going to say that now. Because there is some blame on Paige Pierce and her caddy for not reviewing the official guidelines of the country club itself, in which if they went to their website and had looked, they would have known a disc golf course was closed for Mondays. Now, that being said, how well is it really posted on site? How well is it really posted on the website? Because I, again, this is me being an editorialist, not really doing my due diligence. Again, please understand this. I have not researched this thoroughly. This is a complete and total editorial piece. I, th I believe, RJ, that I have covered all of my bases before the truck of lawyers arrives and sues us. Uh, so, anyway, uh, so, you know, and the PDGA in their, their welcome packet, I know that they had said, um, at least given a brief outline of when things would be made available for those pros who would like to practice beforehand, which right now the rulings are that four days ahead of time is an adequate amount of time. Now, we're talking about a sport where most people, even professionals, have gotten used to being able to go to a course virtually at any point in time that they please. Now, the pay-to-plays are different. They do usually have their hours posted very specifically, physically, at the location. But most of the time, it's a park somewhere, and you just show up and you go. One could also say that she's most likely been to this particular location a number of times and would have had some bit of idea that Mondays were closed off, unless she thought mayhaps something else. So where is the story here? The story is not in Paige Pierce and entitled Country Club ad <clears throat> um, persons. Uh, flipping their minds over effectively something that's a non-issue to begin with uh, and also potentially employees who were non-committal enough to be like hey this course is actually closed today you'll need to come back tomorrow that would have been an acceptable thing to say 
instead of some of the wishy-washy things that were said. But that's that's where the real story is. Is is four days an adequate amount of time? How should signage and regulations be posted in such a way that if there is a welcoming packet for a tournament, that things are laid out very clearly without necessarily meaning that a person who receives a said packet needs to click or go to other hyperlinks to find outside of tournament schedule allowances? Uh, where, who needs to be doing the work and where? Now, legally speaking, if the PDGA had said something along the lines of you can show up any old time you want, go go to it, and then post a link, but check the official stuff here, I would say that legally the PG, PDGA is actually not providing adequate information for their participants. And the Emporia's... Uh, known schedule for the most part should have been written out inside of the welcome packet with a hyperlink that says all times and availability is subject to change. Please check here for an accurate up-to-date schedule. Blah, blah, blah. Boom. Done. Good. Everyone, no more misunderstandings. None of that stuff. And also an actual interesting article. I, at least to me, even if it is an editorial, just... What can be done to make sure that these tournaments and people who arrive in the towns, especially since the PDGA released a statement that they do not want to harm relationships that they have fostered with these types of institutions, if they don't want to cause harm, then they need to put in more effort to make sure that harm is not caused. Anyway. That's just my two cents on essentially what is a much ado about nothing. Now, I'll agree that the substance of the original much ado about nothing, there really isn't anything, but there could be some kind of topic of discussion or investigation into what needs to be done to ensure that the reputation of the sport can continue on, especially if we are going to see things tying in more with the wealthy and the country club-esque uh, type atmosphere, such as more traditional golf, which is, to me, a bit of a gatekeeping type sport. It is harder to get into than golf, uh, disc golf, where you can just pick up and go. So when you have a base of constituents that are more used to being able to just kind of show up and throw a couple of rounds, even if they have to pay, because most of the time it's still open on Mondays. It's just not usually at a country club. All right. So I think that kind of covers my thoughts on that real quick. I don't know. We'll see if RJ and Joe have anything to chime in with uh, when they uh, hear this episode. And uh, again, if you have any editorial comments you'd like to make, please feel free to find us at Half in the Bag DG on Twitter, uh, or uh, comment on the, the YouTube video and uh, tell me how uh, insensitive and stupid I am, because uh, hats off to you, buddy. Friend, I don't care. On to D&D. &D. So, 
where we left off was we are needing to go ahead and uh, find us a uh, series of terminologies and then uh, be able to assign them to skill classes so that way we can actually create part of a character sheet and these things can become part of the rule set. So I'm just going to use InnovaDiscs.com, uh, their glossary of term terms. Oh my goodness, I can use words. Uh, glossary of terms. Solely because it is a easy, free resource that anyone can use. And when it comes to D&D, &D, you want to make sure that you and your players are able to access as much of the information as possible. If you have not turned this into a, your own homebrewed uh, PDF or an, uh, added it into D&D uh, Beyond. So, a lot of the terms don't specifically need us to what's the word i'm looking for uh turn them into class stats you know so if we're looking at things like overstable hyzer anheuser uh understable turnover that kind of things but whoop, there we go these are the things that aren't necessarily going to need specific stats. Now, throwing Anheuser onto something may need to incorporate other stats, but this is going to be much more of like a, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, a feat or a uh, cantrip. You know, that, that's going to be additional uh, later. But what we're going to be looking at here is going to be your general, um, that's what I'm looking for, uh, grip. So your backhand grip, your two finger slash sidearm forehand grip, hook thumb grip, and thumber grip, in theory would be class stats that you would then be able to assign specific things to. Because they are going to be, if you're just throwing the disc and you're not doing anything crazy now you could argue that those are not necessary you could actually say that you would be attaching those to throws as opposed to the grips now i think that they're little column a little column b because again i think these are going to be your base stat blocks and your throws, again, are going to be your, like, cantrips and other things where you are adding up a series of numbers to be able to throw the disc and see how well you are able to do. So let's go ahead. <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and... Poop, uh, that was the wrong one. Click on in here, do that. Just gonna get this over here okay so let's go ahead and look at this so our skills table you know you gotta love when you're slightly off on the home room oh my goodness I've gotten myself all out of whack oh I need to readjust you know what I forgot to do I forgot one of my favorite parts about doing D&D &D homebrew stuff. I, I didn't turn on any music for myself. At this point, 
It's too late. I think I would have listened to a Pandora's 90s station today. I think that's what I would have been grooving to while uh, getting this all done. All right. So let's look at this. So we've got our backhand grips. I would say that this is going to be a strength. And you're like, well, but, you know, it also requires dexterity. Popper Fresh, why would you possibly just assign one stat block to this? Well, because it's D&D. And again, that's why I'm differentiating between our base stats and some of our class features. Or cantrips, that would be like the throw styles and other things like that, which would allow us to be able to combine the two to make a more accurate... Um, Oh my goodness! I'm blanking on the name, the the word I'm looking for. Um, uh, the more and more accurate um representation. Now that's not quite right. Um, dear goodness, it'll come back to me, and probably mid sentence while we're talking about something else. Uh, but anyway, uh, we're approximating what this would be like in the real world, and then distilling it into some kind of a base essence. So, bear with me. Try again. Tell me if I'm wrong. Let me know in the comments. Cool. I might listen to you this time. <laughs> so, we got backhand. You got forehand. I'm going to say dex. Dex for, for forehand. I'm going to say... Now, the thing is, the hook-thumb grip is the one that I am the least familiar with. Because I've never actually used it. So the description according to Anova is a grip in which the thumb pad is hooked on the inside of the rim and the rim is squeezed between the thumb pad and the crook of the index finger which is wrapped around the outside of the rim. To me I'm gonna say dexterity. I'm pretty sure this is a dex stat. I could see someone arguing for strength, but I'm pretty sure this is going to fall more on decks. So that's what I'm going to go with. Again, I'm willing to look at input on this one because I'm just not familiar with it. I've actually never thrown this particular grip style. It's weird to be. And then we got the, the good old Thummer. Strength. Definitely strength. Because uh, basically you're just ham-hawking that son of a bee as hard as you possibly can. So th that's like our base, base amount of information. So this is when we then get into throws. Which I am, in all honesty, going to call basically spells. Spells or feats, whatever you whatever you want to call them, but it's going to be uh, it's going to have its own stat, but it'll also use depending on your um, brain fart, brain fart, brain fart, brain fart, brain fart. Uh, depending on the grip you're going to be using, it will either allow you to have an additional bonus number applied to it 
Or if you're using the same number twice, you would actually only use the stat once. So the stat bonus only comes once. So if it's a, if you are using a dexterity based throw with a dexterity based uh, grip style, you would only get the one bonus. You had best hope that that bonus is high if you want to roll really, really nicely. Whereas if you are doing a dexterity based shot, but with a strength-based throw, you're going to get two bonuses because it's going to require a little bit more coordination. But if each number is higher, then you'll be able to add uh, a pretty decent amount of numberage to it. So, anyway. So, the biggest thing here is this is all a rough draft. It will require much revision to get it to a, a playable place. This is, this is the time where we're really just kind of brainstorming. So, we've got... Terms like escape shot, touch, finesse, power shot, go for shot, approach, layup, fairway shot, roller, cut roller, overhead shot, tomahawk shot, scooby shot, spike hyzer, flex shot, S shot, hyzer flip. Things like that. I actually need to like read through all of these and maybe find another sort piece of source material and see if... Because that's this is not a lot to work off of, interestingly enough, and I'm almost positive that there's more going on here. And although I know that the putting section, yeah, that there's quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of uh, putting terminology. So let's see. The biggest thing is, are there several shots that basically are the same thing that we can kind of take away? Because we want the names to sound cool, because we want people to use the cool names in their, like, you know, game and stuff. So, I would say Finesse Shot would be a definite one we want to keep. It sounds much cooler. Clearly, you're like, ooh, I'm going for... Accuracy over power. Then you've got the power shot. What 13-year-old little boy doesn't want to be able to say power shot? Yeah! Look at me, I'm super cool. For that matter, a 20-plus-year-old man-child or lady-child. Who doesn't want to say stupid things while playing a tabletop RPG game? Uh, let's see. Uh, fairway shot, definitely. Oh my goodness, I'm having the fat fingers today. Now, definitely the roller. Roller is definitely going to be in there. That's one that's used quite frequently. I'm going to say we're going to need a different name than Tomahawk Shot. Someone's probably going to take offense to that at some point in time. I think I've just usually called that particular shot Thummer, which is actually the grip style. 
But uh, we're gonna, yeah, I'm just gonna for now just label as Thundershot. Just cause don't feel like dealing with backlash. That. Let's see, so. Flex shot. Flex shot is performed by throwing an overstable or oh yeah, overstable disc with an Anheuser angle of release down the left side of the fairway for a right hand backhand thrower. The disc travels from left to right, then overstability uh, over of the disc turns the disc back to the left. It's a very common shot that pros use. S shot is thrown using an understable disc to the left side of the fairway. The turn of the disc causes it to turn over and fly to the right side of the fairway. As the disc slows down, it fades back to the left. Okay, so those are two very similar shots, but they are technically different. Because I have, in all honesty, in my na naivety of the sport, probably referred to a lot of S shot as, or uh, flex shots as S S shots, because I usually refer to them as having an S curve. Look at that S curve. Oh yeah, look at it go. And then the Heiser flip. Definitely the Heiser flip. Now, do we want a flex shot and an S shot? They are technically different. But those are specifically for disc choices. Now, mechanics-wise, does it matter? Technically, it would, but how do we get that to roll off the tongue easily in the rules and not bog the players down? Okay, so maybe we make it one single... Yeah, we'll make it one single entry. Flex slash S shot. There we go. That'll allow us R2... But keep it as one stat, which I think will make things a little easier. And then the Heiser flip. Which we do, would need to do with the Spike Heiser as well. Okay, so those are our throws. Well, we're gonna need throws slash butts. Come on, that capitalized. I know it technically doesn't need to be, but it makes my, 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 my heart happy. Okay, so then we get into our terms for putting, which, my dear goodness, there are so many. I'm almost afraid to, like, get into this in this episode. I actually think that putting might be its own episode, because I'm going to really need to go through this and kind of look at what the terminology is and then decide whether or not it needs to belong as its own individual spell, or if several things can be combined, because again, they're going to use a very similar skill style, so you can 
describe it as part of your role playing, but it is not necessarily something that needs to be written specifically in this rule set. I'm sure someone will argue with me. Go for it. Go to town. Um, okay. <laughs> oh my goodness. Excuse me, everybody. I <clears throat> apparently our coffee ground. Whew, that was <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> that was weird. I did not like that. Ten out of ten. Do not recommend. Yeah, don't do that. That's bad times. No bueno. Okay, so. Uh, Yes. Uh, what are we going to do? Okay. So let us go ahead and kind of decide what our general uh, categories of stats we would need for each of these. So, I mean, I, the, the finesse shot is going to very much so be dexterity. Power shot is, is definitely going to be strength. Now the fairway shot. Now your fairway shot is going to be probably more based on your finesse, more about being able to get the shot to go in the direction that you want it to go as opposed to um, how hard you're gonna yuck it because that would be a if you're just going for a yuck even if it is from the fairway you're just trying to get distance so this is like a huge mega hole you are looking at that being a power shot so yes i i would say this is going to be dex again roller Well, it's just well, summer is easy. That that's still strength. The roller. Hmm. 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 Well, I know I just talked through the book. Let's go ahead and consult the player's handbook real quick. Because what I'm kind of curious about is, does the summer apply to one of our other stats? All right, so we've got... See, so constitution... So at this point, really, charisma does not is not going to play in any of these shots specifically. Could be intelligence. It could be constitution, because in theory, intelligence is your mental acuity. You're looking at those kinds of shots, things that are going to be far more technical. But really, that would still fall to dexterity, because it is physical as opposed to mental. Your constitution and stamina, however. Ooh, like that. Mm. 
No, I'm going to say dexterity. Yeah. If you were making some kind of like series of throws that were in a row constitution, maybe, but no, this is, this is going to be dex. So really our rule set is mostly living in the dex and the strength categories. Yeah, your flex S shots are gonna be are gonna be decks. Yeah, Heiser flip and spike don't really need to be their own. They're also gonna be dexterity. Because again, it's not about the power on those particular throws. It's about getting your hand held at the correct angle to get the disc to fly in the way that you want it to fly and being able to hold that angle throughout the entire throw so that way on the point of release you are maximizing your uh, ability to get the, the flight pattern that you're looking for. So really, we fall to mostly decks and two pieces of strength. Now, for putting, it's gonna pretty much be all dexterity. But again, it's gonna also depend on what kind of grip you are using for your putters. So I guess that brings us to discs. How do we take these numbers, and apply it to a disc in such a way that we get a number that articulates what it is we are trying to do and how far that disc actually is able to fly. Oh boy, I'm opening up a whole can of worms that uh, at this point is pretty much going to be towards the end of the episode. So if that's the case, because oh, that's an entire episode all on its own, could be at least a half an hour episode, also, these I do want to keep shorter just because I know not everybody is into D&D, so I don't want to bore our uh, our uh, usual listeners and or viewers, depending on which format you've chosen. Ooh, so, do I continue on, or do I go ahead and lock things down for tonight? I think we're going to lock things down. Let's go ahead and write out some of the last thoughts we've had here, so that way when I do the next video, uh, I don't uh, necessarily cover some of the same ground that I did before. That and I also may not have a topic to rant on about before we launch into the D&D portion of the episode. So, alright. Let's go up here. Alright, so we got create class skills tables and assigned to each base stat. Uh, we're kind of making way on that map and terrain, hex tiles, abstraction, abstraction. That was the word. I wrote down the dang word that was right here. I was trying to remember it this entire time. And here it is. Abstraction. I found it. To abstract. Oh my goodness. Literally looking me right in the face. The viewers at home have probably all been looking at my screen and like, my dear God, man, why can't you see the word that's there in front of your face? For our audio listeners, I did a crazy hand thing. That's the best I best I got to describe what just happened on camera. Anyway, uh, so let's see. Um, 
disks. How do we apply? Do we apply our stats slash throws <clears throat> to the disks? How do we? How do we calculate max distance? Yeah, these are some interesting. Hmm, yeah, these are some interesting questions that I actually might want to ponder on. So that way, we I kind of talk about it since I don't actually have anyone to riff off here. Or maybe I do these as live streams and then we post them later on if people are interested in doing that. Huh? That's actually well, that, that could be an idea as well. Hmm. I'll think on that some more. Run it by business daddy. And I'll uh, see what she what he wants to do about that. Uh, all right. So, but how do we apply stats? Throw those to the discs. Also, is there a way to implement our sports number rating system to our abstraction? Factors, factors in a simple and straightforward manner. Because that is, again, one of our general goals. Nope, not stars. It is indeed stats. Um, yes, yes, good, good, good. Yes. So each of these would need its own description. Description here. Yeah, you know, because I also could spell. That's, that's a thing that I do. <clears throat> Sorry, everybody. I uh, forgot that I hotkeyed something. There was a slight... <clears throat> color bar technical difficulty there <clears throat> yes so anyway i can do computers i can do uh some stuff and some thingies yeah just not gonna talk about that i love all of you hurt bad you when you don't know yourself uh, well, I was singing out of key, so, uh, that doesn't count, right? Cool. Uh, we're just going to bypass the, the songs that I was singing. Uh, do, do, do. We're not popular enough for, uh, a, uh, YMCA claim, are we? That's, that's not a thing, right? I'm just going to hope that the chili peppers are cool about it. Just what? Oh, God, who said that? All right. So, Cool. All right, I think I think we've gotten a, a a pretty decent, although shorter amount of time than I wanted in the D and D. It did take me a while to kind of get off my uh, soapbox about the uh, Paige Pierce article that I saw that just kind of uh, ground my gears a little bit. So hoopsies, poopsies, everybody. Sorry about taking so long on that. And uh, well, for the next D and D episode, uh, we'll be a little more focused. I'm going to make some notes 
I'm actually going to get some things organized so that way uh, we can have half an hour to 45 minutes of insanely nerdy goodiness getting some of these ideas down because again I would love to actually implement and try some of this with the D&D group that I'm going to be running a campaign for because uh, yeah why not why not all right everybody I'd like to thank you all for tuning in either uh <clears throat> outro take two uh, um, outro take three click thank you everybody for tuning into this week's episode of half in the bag disc golf podcast if you've been watching me or listening to me thank you very much i will see you all uh not next week the next week, unfortunately, is one of the few times that I, for sure, will not be able to record with the other two uh, delightfully insane hosts of this delightful podcast. Uh, and I will see you all for the next episode. You can find me, personally, over on Twitch at twitch.tv slash popperfresh. That's P-O-P-R fresh. Um... Currently still on a bit of a hiatus from uh, streaming. I'm trying to figure out what would be a good schedule for myself uh, for those streams. And uh, once I know, I will probably be up there. Otherwise, I may decide to switch over to YouTube. I have not uh, have not um, have really decided on that yet. Uh, so I might pre-record some content and post it up on my twitch so if you're if you want to check it out you're more than welcome to um yeah sorry rambling about me uh the other hosts you can find uh joe at joe's disc golf on most of your social media networks if he belongs there rj pretty much is just the uh marketing guy for half in the bag so you can find him at half in the bag disc golf uh on twitter uh don't forget to submit your discs of the week so that way we can post those on the socials and if you are uh bored of seeing our faces and would like to look at this or <laughs> if you would like to look at this through an audio format <clears throat> yes master at language if you would <laughs> If you would like to stop viewing us and would like to listen to us instead, you can find the Half in the Bag Disc Golf podcast wherever you find your major, or wherever you get your uh, podcast from, uh, those major sites. Uh, if you have questions or concerns, you can tweet at us. You can uh, send nasty snail mail letters to uh, somebody. I, I don't know who, but maybe it'll get to us. And or you can uh, leave us comments uh, in the comment section uh, below. All right, everybody. Thank you very much. And uh, episode three is going to be far nerdier and far more interesting. So thank you, everyone. And see you all later. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>